0: Hello there, we're on the air, it's the construction life tonight. Tensions grows as the breaker blows and the tools die in sight. The carpenters jump, the trades bump, and the clients go insane. Someone roars, get the sparky. It's a good old construction life. (laughs) Oh, the good old construction life is the best game you can play. And the best game you can play... It's a good old construction life. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: That that's was beautiful. Wicked. Thanks so much, Kurt. No worries. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, just off mic before you got into the chair there, he was just telling me about that he was catching up on a lot of the episodes and just listening to a few things, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah he's not even listening to radio anymore. <laughs> 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 All right. So, Kurt, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Yeah. I know, and the trek down here as well. Really appreciate it, yeah, man. Thanks being for having here. me. Fuck, appreciate that's a good hour and a
0: half, eh? Hour? Uh, hour for, for sure. My parents are at the bottom end of Caledon, so I stopped in my way down and kind of broke up the drive. But, yeah, no, it was good. So
1: This is the show that brings family together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get some deets out of here, right? So Kurt Snell, Snell Contracting Services, Inc., and then uh, you've been doing it for six years. So the the website is www.snellcs.com, and the email is kurt at snellcs.com. And then Facebook it's Snell Contracting Services Inc. Uh, on Instagram it's Snell Con Services.
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: Awesome. What are we going to talk about today, man?
0: I'm open for whatever, but some of the content uh, be nice, like young guys in the trades, uh, definitely the workforce uh, that's leaving, you know, the older generation, and where the young guys, you know, need to pick that up and have more patience and listen and take from that. Running your own company and where the industry's headed, where it was. Stuff like that. Lots to talk towns. about. Yeah.
1: Basically what we love talking about. Yeah. Right? You're young. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay. Yeah. So, and you've been doing it since how long?
0: My dad worked at the in the Region of Peel Waterworks. Uh, he always renovated our house, cottage, stuff like that. Got into it at a young age. My brother's
1: in the Region of Peel.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Where, where's he at? Where's your dad?
0: Uh, he retired five years ago. So he was up at uh, Copper Road, Brampton at Steeles and yeah, 410.
1: So, yeah, my brother, would. he's uh, almost, well, he's still there. He's on the Wolfdale location okay. there right so yeah. yeah
0: so my my dad was there uh 37 years he's wow. 17 when he was there and my wow. uncle worked in the roads yeah my cousin was in there too so it's not that it wasn't for me i could have went in there but i saw how you know my dad kind of climbed the ladder and things were changing and even that industry you know you got government job and union stuff like that so uh, yeah favorite. he got me into the carpentry and um i guess you could say i took it one step further and and stuff like that so yeah it's good Nice. So hello, hello. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. What's hey. wrong? Can you turn mine up a little bit, please? Uh, where? How's that? Is
2: that
1: better? Is that better? Is that hello? better? Hello. You're, oh no no no! Never mind. You're at four. That's why. How's that? Oh, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you turn it down now?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, going, wait. What's just going? Just up a little
1: bit. All right. How's that? Is right that there. Better? Right okay, there. Cool. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Now that we've taken <laughs> care of that. Okay. <laughs> sorry. That's all good
0: so yeah um my dad kind of piqued my interest in that you know at a young age watched Jim Carrick on uh Real Renos and uh Mike Holmes and kind of got into that so I kind of knew the path I wanted to go you know you could tell some of the BS that was on that stuff and you can see past it whatever so it's funny I listened to a couple of your shows and a lot of guys are saying grade 10 is kind of that mark where people find their their path and yeah I I would say definitely that's kind of my tipping point Getting into the shops and stuff like that, and um, I went to Mayfield Secondary School in Caledon. Good group of uh, teachers there in the shops and stuff.
1: Shop class still there?
0: Uh, I believe so. I did a couple times. I go back and you know visit the teachers and just to see like maybe within you know three years after graduating, and just kind of died off. Yeah, no real reason why I didn't go back. Just didn't happen, but. So I would take, like, university classes up into about grade 11. I kind of knew where I wanted to go. So I kind of directed my focus into the courses that I needed to go where I wanted to be. So I graduated, went to uh, George Brown, um, took the three-year uh, renovation technology program. How was that? It was good. It was good. You um, learned? I learned lots. A lot of young guys that I hire and talk to ask me what was it like, stuff like that. And it's good technical theory stuff. But you'll never learn the stuff you learn on the job site. Like when you're on the job site, that's where you're. you're the hands on, hundred percent. So, really good uh, professors. Good group of uh, you know people growing throughout. And um, yeah, it was it was good. I lived at home in Caledon, commuted down. That was annoying, but you got used to it. But uh, the third year was more the business. One thing I'll say, they bring in a lot of professors that have. Uh, their own companies, and that's huge. Like it's, you know, you learn a lot from those people down to earth. So I really recommend uh, that program. But yeah, how just, valuable
1: is that insight to actually get a chance to speak to somebody that's from the industry?
0: It's huge. Basically, you know, you were talking to a professor that was only in there for say every Wednesday or Friday. The other days they were on site working. So. When they're saying like okay this is how we'd set up a site the bin goes here you know the porta potty's here like they're talking about real-time events that happen the day before it's very fresh i and love then, hearing that yeah huge and john nevin i believe was the one professor and he did shop but he would take your huge textbook and break it down into a small cole's notes textbook and then that was huge like that i took a lot from that just you know so yeah it was good it was good so Dude. he
1: knew what wasn't really I wouldn't say not important, but he knew
0: what you needed to pay attention to. Totally. And then he'd take his book and literally talk about it and be like, here's the stuff we did on site, pictures, you know, explanations. So I wouldn't necessarily say I was green going into it, but for someone that had no idea and there was people in there that literally there was a couple 40-year-old ladies that like stopped doing what they were doing. They just wanted to jump into this. They didn't know anything. And like those people, like they couldn't have learned any better you know what i mean it was yeah. it was good good for them. they learned lots yeah. yeah the only downfall with george brown is the size of the shops and when i say that the height so like you're building the shed you build the walls and then you do a little addition off or whatever and then you tear it all down which is you learn the de- proper demolition technical demo we would call it and uh, then you'd build the floor on the ground whereas i know canador college in north bay and fleming i know some people have gone to those courses they're building like full blown structures in those large facilities. So second story structures. Totally. And you have to respect like where Casaloma campus is compared yeah. to like, you know, rural settings. So, you know, it makes sense that way. So you're a
1: little limited. So they yeah. almost have to just speak to you about what the applications would be from this height onward. Right.
0: Totally. And as a more mature individual after being in that course, running my own company, being on the work, you know, in the workforce. You respect the safety factor of that, too. You know what I mean? Like, one, two professors, 30 students. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't watch everyone, right? Yeah. So So, how many kids were in the class? About 30? Yeah. It was 20 to 30 for sure. Um One professor, huh? Well, that sounds yeah. good to, see, to hear
2: that many students are in that class. No,
1: but I mean, the ratio to, to teacher, yeah. teacher to student, yeah. that
0: seems like a lot. Yeah. Now, the nice thing with that program, too, is some of these mature students in there, were guys that were like 20 years doing just roofing and they're like, I can't do this anymore. I gotta get in more skills. I wanna get the business side of it, you know? And then you're getting, as the professor's talking, people are chiming in with real, like it's, it's, it was good. It was good. That was valuable just to yeah. hear the reality of construction. <clears throat> For and sure.
1: How
2: was the professor handling that? It was that, was that welcome?
0: It was welcome. Pretty, they were open to it, but there was a strict, uh, you know, I'm talking, we'll have time to chime in, stuff like that. So, yeah, it was good. It was good. And the only thing I'll say, like, a lot of young guys ask, like, oh, like, where'd you go to school? I've never got a job or lost a job because of my schooling. I still will stand by it. It's just a piece of paper, the the job site experience, um, like, for what, for what we do. I did look down to co-op programs when I was in high school. Not the people in them or something like that. Just for me, I didn't care for it. But looking back... I should have jumped into something that a little bit earlier and then gained that experience and that, you know, cut your teeth sooner. Yeah. Um, I don't regret it. But uh, for someone getting into the industry, if you know by grade 10 or you know by a certain time and you're in high school, take the opportunity and take a So looking back
1: it. on it, because you're 30 now, you basically have had half your life to kind of assess all this. Totally. That you're thinking back that it would have been nice to cut your teeth at that moment instead yep. of a little bit later on. Yeah
0: in college sometimes you'd have kids working or going there that are still working at the arena they're still working at the grocery store but they're they're coming to college now they might be working the summers with a carpenter or you know some sort of contractor but they're still doing that or sometimes they were waiting till the 3 years was up to go and ask for a job or apply for a job where i never understood that like it's like if you're not a licensed electrician yeah you're not but you can still go pull wire drill holes like there's lots of stuff for that so I think it's important for um, young guys to understand like young girls too, people that that you know when you get into the if your focus is on that and you're going to pursue something get into the on job go to a job site and say listen I'm in this program I'd like to get some more experience I know I don't have a lot of you know credentials but you know what can I do and just you know, don't be afraid to ask. Uh, just, sorry, just I'm no, not totally, ignoring you. No, totally. Yeah. I just
1: I'm trying to prepare for the next guest that's coming. Yeah, totally. That's all it is, right? So, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I thought you were stopping us for no, to no, no i not
1: stop. I don't want to stop because I want to keep on recording and and listening. Right. All right. So I had some experiences from guys that came from George Brown, and
2: sure, I wasn't very impressed with mm-hmm. their personalities. Sure. You know, they came to me saying they were carpenters and they had learned a whole bunch of cool math. They couldn't apply it to a real job setting right they were brainwashed so much in class that i had to like retrain them for reality right i don't hate school i Mm -hmm. definitely think that anyone and everyone should take courses find themselves but if you find yourself like you said if you do find yourself ahead of time take advantage of what you can totally yeah like the co-ops the co-op for for me in school was fantastic yeah i got to try three or four different job settings Mm -hmm. and i was like no i don't want to do this no i don't want to do that my counselor just kept putting me in different places until i found something i really enjoyed yeah and
0: i've uh i probably have four employees that were co-op students of mine i took them on and uh basically i gave them a job afterwards they were worthwhile i knew a couple co-op teachers you know fairly well so they would call me up and say listen I got the student interested in carpentry um, wants to you know some work on some custom homes stuff like that and then they knew my personality they knew what we did so they knew it would be a good fit we kind of had a bit of an in there as a good networking thing and that's where I kind of opened my eyes up and look back at like you know maybe a missed opportunity that I didn't do it when I was in high school and seeing the opportunity these kids get I've had guys come, young guys, offer them, you know, give them a job, and I tell them right at the gate, I'm like, you know what, I want you to work here, I want you to have fun, we want to get stuff done, but at the end of working here in the summer, or your co-op term, if you liked what the electrician did, if you like what the plumber did, the HVAC guy, go do that. Don't feel obligated like you wasted my time. I'm just more than happy that you got the opportunity to, you know, get into that, and and, you know, honestly, I think that that's a lot of people have to have that outlook on it. You don't want to force a kid to come to work every day. And, or um, anyone. No. At any age. And to your point, like you're saying, like, these kids are coming out with their brainwash. Like, for myself, I'll, and I'll speak on behalf of myself, I, was, I wasn't I was two feet into the school. I knew what I had to do to, to get my, my diploma. And I said to myself in the beginning, I'm going to go spend three years, do this. I'm going to work off and on and I got to be done but I knew I wouldn't go to school if I worked for 2 years in the field. It was either going or I wasn't going, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, I was kind of one foot out always in school but I was there to do what I had to do, right? Yeah.
2: So, I think next to the education there's there's something there's something even more important and you know, showing up on time a little bit earlier with your tools ready to work. You know, a lot of people come five, ten minutes late. Yeah. Coming out of school at least there totally. I found that People were always late. And I was like, dude, I've been waiting for you 15, 20 minutes, man. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I got, you know, there was always an excuse. And I was like, why can't you come 20 minutes early? Mm -hmm. Those are some of my problems I had with younger people. Yeah. And I like to talk about it because I think they need to hear these things to change so they can have a better opportunity with other people. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah.
1: So you got five guys working for you. Employees or subs? Employees. I've... Why did you f- choose the route to go employees instead of subs? I'm just curious.
0: I've done, I've had it before where there's subs. And I know it's been spoke about it before on the show, but someone that comes in, we'll just throw a number of $50 an hour is commanding that. You better be producing. Oh, That's a lot of money. Right? A lot of our guys, you know, they're people that we know. We do have outside people that have applied in and stuff like that. I just keep a small ship and uh, we do our thing. We kind of already know these people, what their abilities are. A lot of our work is word of mouth. Our guys have been kind of given to us more or less word of mouth. Do you, know, you have a partner? No, well no. my because wife. My yeah, wife. because you keep saying <laughs> we, so I just assumed that you had a partner. Well, I always I always see things as a team, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, that's great. We get to work in the morning, we have a little chalk talk, this is what we're doing, this is what I kind of expect, this is what we need to be done. Trying to talk too much and get long-winded on the you know the beginning of the day, but I kind of tell the guys this is what we're headed for the rest of the week, and you know they have it in the back of their mind, so they stand toe to toe with me and they just want to get stuff done as well. So it's good to communicate to these guys, and I find that that little bit of you know 10-minute conversation in the beginning kind of breaks the ice for the week, and their mindset is where I want to be, right? You don't want to be on a Wednesday and be like, "Come on, guys, we've got to get this done for tomorrow." Well, what's tomorrow? It's like. you know you want them to know on monday so yeah so well you're
1: setting the parameters you're setting the rules so you're hopefully on your a game to share that to them so then the vibe can continue on site through them
0: yeah i've seen it so many times we're working today and client comes out shooting the shit, stuff like that the guys are keep they keep going you know what i mean because we talked about what i expected by the end of the day i might be stuck there for half an hour going over some stuff with a client or a trade or whatever you know, these guys might have a question, don't get me wrong, but they know where the mindset's at for the for the day. It just depends on the crew. Like, uh, we don't really go more than five guys. Back in twenty seventeen we had about seven guys. Everything was good, tons of work, it was rolling well. But I said to my wife and I basically was like, you know what, we gotta we gotta think about this and like where are we headed? And I could see how at that time you know, you could grow too big too fast. Yeah. The ship could the ship could sink. It's one thing if you got tons of work coming in. You know what what the money going out is is another thing. So, I think it's important to basically perfect or be good at a small solution, and like a small nucleus in your company, and then take that and scale it as you grow bigger. Like, you know, if you're good with running yourself and someone else or a three man crew, perfect that perfect those jobs and then use that same model and just scale it out if that's the direction that you're headed. How
1: is it working with you? So does your wife handle the administrative
0: <coughs> side of the business? She does like a lot of the quoting. Obviously, I'm still involved with it and stuff like that, but she'll like basically, you know, put everything together, invoicing, administration, like you said. She has a real estate license, so we kind of have some plans in the future heading forward. Smart. Yeah, and... You know, she had a, an interest in it right from the beginning. It was good. <laughs> uh, she, you know, I'd be quoting a job, I had drawings out, and she's like, Well, I want to see, like, what are you doing? And stuff like that. So she brings, I, I'm sometimes too nice. <laughs> so she brings a bit of a spicier side to it. She'll probably kill me after <laughs> this, but she knows. <laughs> but uh no, it's good. It's a good team. And she kind of reels me in sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we got some extras on that job. We got to build this out. We quoted this and, you know, we had a lot of this much time. Like, so it's good to have that. Like, it's one thing to work, work, work all week. You're putting 50 hours in, but could all fall apart the next week if you're not, you know, staying on track. So I respect her for that for sure. So is
1: the crew all young?
0: Uh, yeah. We had uh, a couple older guys working with us. I like the young guys, very eager. If we need to work a weekend, you know, and I, I'm I don't tell them on the Thursday, like have a chat on the Monday or a week before and say, next weekend we have to put a couple hours in, we gotta get ahead. Yeah, so mainly younger guys, you know, twenty two to twenty five. Wow. A couple guys around my age, around thirty. I just find and it's not for everyone, but the guys you know, if you're forty to fifty years old calling me for a job, why? And you know, how come you don't have your own business? And it's not for everyone, don't get me wrong, but I feel like a lot of people at 40, 50 years old should be somewhat established in their field. Like, I understand their stipulations, you know, the company folded up, you're looking or, you know what, you want to change a pace. I get that. But if you're not hearing that in the interview or you're not hearing that in the conversation, like, you kind of have your backup. It's but a good the, point. It's totally a good point. But uh, it's a fine line because you don't want to lose that talent. You, you know, you got that 20, 30, years experience. That could be very important for the young guys on the crew to learn and take from that. Soak up that information, right? I don't want to lose an opportunity like that, but you got to watch because the guy that comes in at 40 years old or whatever, he's looking for top dollar. And they're not that fast anymore. Speed isn't the biggest thing for me. Quality of work. If it took you all day to, do, to hang a couple doors. And there was, you know, you know, a certain level of, you know, it was it was a difficult job. That's one thing. But if it took all day and it's like, holy shit, man, like, how are we, you know, <laughs> making money? My, I might as well did it myself. Right. So you got to kind of watch um, stuff like that. And then, you know, you get a bit of baggage and but you get baggage with young guys, too. Like it's everybody has. Yeah, it, Yeah. You know, so and that's why I kind of said to myself, keep a small crew. You do your thing. You know, you see. See a bit of a unicorn come along, you know, do what you can. But, um, yeah, it's we just kind of and I'd rather invest in my guys, train my guys, teach them. And then when you're on a certain job, if you're on a bit of a custom situation, you can talk back and be like, remember that job we did last year with this? That's how we're going to approach this. Whereas if it's always new guys, it's like, you know, you're, you're battling that. Yeah. And, right. There's still you, you got to ramp up to get to that point. Totally agree. Yeah. I
1: mean, would you be interested in taking on, let's say, an older, more seasoned guy? That's got all this experience behind him, And he's asking a rate that you necessarily don't want to offer Mm -hmm. in return. Yeah. But maybe you return saying, would you be interested in being kind of this authority figure for the younger guys and be willing to teach them more and spend a little bit more time? Maybe there's an extra hour or two during the course of the day that you can educate and train and be a teacher.
0: Yeah, I totally would. Yeah. hundred percent would. There's value in that. Totally. And, you know, we run sometimes four or five jobs on a go. So, you know, we're waiting for trades on a certain job. Then, you know, we'll bounce over to this job and do that or it's a rain day. We'll go and fill a day in somewhere else. Right. So if we have four or five jobs on the go and all of a sudden something comes in or, a, you know, a return client calls and says, I've had this emergency. You know, what can you do for me? It'd be nice to have a senior guy there that, you know, he could take a couple of guys and go get that done. You know, we obviously communicate back and forth, but it takes a bit of the headache off. I would definitely be open to that. We tried it a couple different avenues. Some was good. Some was bad. We just haven't got back to uh, to that avenue. So.
1: so, I mean, you work mostly up in Allison area?
0: I grew up in Caledon. Okay. Uh, our bread and butter is Caledon Orangeville just because there's just so much work there i mean with the market and the housing and stuff like that everyone's shelburne's a commuter town so everyone's kind of coming down that way there is industry in orangeville but you know it's just crazy like people were selling their houses in brampton mississauga and they were like well i'll go live in orangeville because i can you know put some money in my pocket and i can still drive to the city and i mean just for people that are listening (laughs) Caledon, Orangeville is probably about a
1: forty-five minute drive from the core. Yeah, about totally. a forty-five to an hour drive. Yeah, from an the core. Hour. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, depending on the day and the traffic. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, a lot of rural properties, uh, some estates and stuff like that. We find ourselves in that. Horse ranches are nice. Yeah. 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 There are a lot of a lot of coin up in Caledon in some spots. It's good. There's been a lot of fly by night guys sometimes coming through there too, but there's a good nucleus. Orangeville alone has so many, you know, different in like trades there is competition but honestly like there's so many there's so much work it's there's almost not but yeah i know it's it's a good area and we like to kind of find ourselves on you know rural properties and stuff like that we can kind of hide out do our thing no one's bugging us not necessarily with a safety standpoint but it's just you know we we're not on a, a main strip and you know i respect people that have to deal with the hoarding and you know deliveries and logistics of that more space up there though I yeah mean, it's not like the core right Oh, no and the
2: houses are getting huge now
0: yeah massive oh, yeah. massive yeah my
2: buddy's got 10 acres just in mono right and uh his next door neighbor built like the sky dome it's yeah. crazy man
0: yeah it's crazy we work on a couple big uh states in, in caledon um on the escarpment and stuff like that and beautiful properties nice people but yeah no it's it's good and mono we moved up to allison my parents have a college in Perry sound so um we were kind of headed that way we liked the town it was affordable at the time i was that naive person i thought oh move north here whatever and then you start looking at housing prices in 2017 we thought it was crazy but if you didn't have a million dollars you might as well go home right so we had to kind of find a good happy medium
1: what are those hame houses going for now
0: oh double if you know whatever so wow so yeah we have a little um nice little spot and bit of a little shop in the back so we do a bit of custom carpentry in there yeah so it's it's good but we're getting a lot more into mono and and malmer you know there's people are we're already there they're renovating or they're moving up there and you know covid's really striked a lot of that everyone's kind of dealing with that stuff so we don't really go too far north of that cuz my guys will still they kind of live you know Calden Orangeville area so I don't want them driving too far certain you know jobs will kind of do that what are you known for We do a lot of uh, custom homes and large renovations. We started with finished carpentry, so we like doing stuff like that. We do a bit of project managing. So you're doing ground up? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, so we were always doing a lot. When we started out, you're doing smaller jobs like anyone, right? And you kind of build yourself up. And we had a couple opportunities we jumped on to do some bigger jobs. You know, obviously, you know, you get your growing pains and stuff like that. Um, I worked for a pretty big builder in Orangeville. They basically, yeah, we were doing... Crazy projects. Ferguson Carpentry is the name. So, I was very fortunate that uh, those guys took me under my wing or under their wing. Sorry, after uh, college and throughout kind of college there, and um, I was working there in the summertime and then turned into a full-time job. Good group of guys. It was nice to work learn from a company that was doing high-end stuff and that didn't cut corners. It's hard for a young person to know that, and I'm not saying that I knew that going into it, but you know, you soon figure it out but one thing I'll tell someone young jumping into you know the workforce is do a bit of research of the company you're working into you know ask other people like you know what are these guys are like this is what we're doing at work like what's this like or you know it's very important because you know you're gonna pound 40 hours a week minimum you want to know that you're putting the vapor barrier on the right side you know you're screwing something off properly you're left on the site and the guys doing the spray foam. They're not loading the two by six wall up in one pass. Right. Like there's so many little things Brilliant. that, you yeah. know, you might not learn that in school or you might not know that being green going into it. Right. That's all stuff that you have to be on the job site.
1: Totally. You just have to be standing there. You have yeah. to be the fly on the wall.
0: Yeah. 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 So I was uh, I was 21 years old coming out of college and uh, we were doing a 10,000 square foot house in Caledon and my boss uh, basically said to me, he's like, you know, I want you to kind of oversee things and stuff like that. He's like, I'm not, you know, you're not managing the site, but, you know, I want you to kind of do this. And I'm like, okay, well, things progressed. And he could see that I was, you know, eager. And I just told him, I'm like, you know, I'm the youngest guy here. <laughs> so you got to let me do it my way. Like, I'm not yelling at these guys. I'm not sending them home. Like, you know, they've got to get a certain level of respect here, right? And I like the old the older crowd. I, you know, it's a good.
1: It's funny that you say that, bringing it in, because I guess that's still. Is that ever going to disappear where guys are just doing that stereotypical contractor yelling the way they act, the way they treat other tradespeople?
0: It has a time and place. Okay. Um, you're you right. know, if a guy screws up, it needs to be known to that guy. And the other guys on the site need to know that you know certain things. And I'm not saying you're training a dog here, but it's, it's one of those things where it needs to be known, but there's a time and place micromanagement stuff like that drives me nuts but it's just it needs to phase out but not it can't go away because the younger generation they need that coming in it's not even a generational thing it's just young people coming into the industry green they need to know what's right what's wrong and then everyone gains that certain level of respect the older guys you know they see that respect you know it kind of calms down from there i would say
1: yeah i agree this is I almost want to work for you now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I just, we well, try to keep things calm. But where did you get
1: all this from? Like, I mean, you're just, you're seeing this. That's, that's where, like, you started with your base from school. Yeah, You had some good professors there that kind of gave you a base of reality and construction. Yeah, You're leaving the core, and then you're getting more rural. And then you're actually partnering up or you're hiring a workforce that has the kind of mindset that you have. So you guys are all in unison now. You're trying to build this team properly. Yeah. Yep. Instead of having that negative aspect inside, they're hiring the wrong person.
0: Yeah. Just seeing things go wrong on a job site or way other companies run stuff. Uh, it might not be right or wrong, just maybe not how I wanted to go about it. You can't be the nice guy all the time. You know, a lot of these young guys that that work for me, uh, they're good guys. They're, they're awesome guys. We're buddies. And, you know, it's one of those things where... When we get there, at, you know, if it's seven or eight in the morning, we're here to work. We'll joke around and you know, but it, we got to get this stuff done. When we're on lunch or the you know the clock's done at the end of the day, you know that's that. But business is business. You know what I mean? You have your days, and for the most part, everyone in the trades is is a good time. Your, your <laughs> so. guys seem like they're like farm kids. Are they? I grew up in Caledon. Uh My grandparents had a farm. My parents just live on a, a rural like, acre lot, but. A lot of uh, my friends were farm kids. They're all in the trades. Yeah, they're different kind of breed, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like we could be sitting around a table having beers when we were younger, and it's you know you got your age fat guy, one of my good friends, electrician, hmm. another electrician now works at hydro. You know what I mean? You got your aircraft mechanics. You have the other side of it where it's not really necessarily direct correlation, but still you know in the trades. So yeah, you name it, uh, plumber stuff like that. So it was great. And uh, exciting. Growing up, you grab a job, and you get these guys on there. But they all have so much passion for it that you're getting it done. It's not like we're just jumping in screwing around. Like we knew what we were capable. of. We knew we weren't capable capable of. You know what I mean? Starting out, I did a lot of decks. Um, we'd go in Friday night, pour the piers. Saturday, we'd frame them up, start decking, depending on the size of it. Yeah, Sunday, you're kind of finishing the boards, and and you're onto the railings. I don't do decks anymore. I I, I will. But you it, don't like them anymore? Yeah. It's good. It's just, honestly, there's so many weekend warriors. There's, it's, it's tough. It's tough pricing. to them. compete. Yeah. We just did one this past summer. It was pretty extensive, like steel frame, wood frame, like steel post and beam, wood frame on top, glass railing. But there's different details. It's intricate. And it's like, you know what? This is a, This would be a good one to do. And for the most part, I've always had my head, bit of tunnel vision. I want to do custom homes. Large renovations are a whole nother animal, um, as you know. But they're still fun, too. And you can get so deep into them, they're pretty well a brand new build. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what was really left of this place, the foundation and the studs of that portion we put the addition on, we did, you know what I mean? Just enough to get the permit as low as possible. Literally. so (laughs) That's what's left. Yeah. We like those big jobs. You got to kind of watch it, too, though, with the younger guys, attention span. You don't want to have them there for two or three years on a time. And it's why it's nice to pick up a few filler jobs. Things are slower on the job. You're waiting for trades. You can kind of go mix it up and different scenery. You know what I mean? OK, so you've been in the business for 15 plus years mm-hmm. and you've worked with others
1: and then you've had your own business for six years. How have you seen the clients change?
0: Because they've changed. That's a great question. If I hear make it right one more time,
2: (laughs) it's, uh,
0: (laughs) anyways, but, uh, it, you know what? It's, uh, me, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, that has a time and place, right? And, but the DIY shows that, you know, they've kind of changed the clients. Definitely. It would be nice to have the clients more educated. I think that before they ask to do a job, they should maybe be doing some homework on it. Sometimes their homework is getting multiple quotes for sure. You know, if I go and quote a job, I'll tell the client straight up like, you know, is there other people quoting this job? A lot of times they're honest and they'll say if it's locally, I'll politely ask who's quoting on it because you most likely know. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't care to compete with people that I work for. And I just I don't know. I don't really have my reasons. Just I don't care to. No, It
1: makes sense. It makes sense.
0: Yeah. Now, depending on the situation, I've been there before. Maybe me and the other person, I know we would team up on it. So, I mean, that's that's the situation. But, yeah, for the most part, I don't really like to com- to compete. And it depends what the job is. If you're going to be two weeks doing this quote, like, how do you know? You know what I mean? How do you know what's going to come out of it? I don't care to be the fifth guy in, you know what I mean? And Well, you don't want to be the kicking tires,
1: right? And if you get the sense that that's the client and they're just looking at you like, I need you to reaffirm of the person that I actually want to hire. Yeah. And we can smell that and we don't want to be that. So then you're wasting my time. I don't want to waste your time. So let me move on. Yeah. I find it interesting in construction that clients are so easy to go to a TV show. To mm. get their resources or their information yeah when it comes to construction whenever you purchase anything else you're going to do your online research you're going to yeah. find a book you're going to find somebody that's going to either a neighbor recommend or you know refer all mm. this other stuff you're not going to like i'm if i'm looking to get a prostate exam i'm not going to go to Gray's anatomy and watch an episode No. it doesn't make any sense to me right i'm going to do my own research to find out what i should be paying attention you're right that the client should be asking all these questions of you yeah and not just catchphrase or drop a line or talk about this is what i saw on a show
0: totally and uh, social media tv shows a lot of times it's smoke and mirrors drives me nuts you get guys on social media posting five different pictures of one project the average person wouldn't know that that's literally a project they did three years ago or someone else's project totally and it's four different angles right When I worked for my old boss and we still do work, uh, never burnt a bridge. We still do work uh, now to be Good honest. for you. Good and out of respect for them. I don't post anything. You know, you might throw a story up here and there, but I would never put something on my social media that was their project unless I tagged them or something like that. But you know what? That's their guts and glory and that's fine. And mine is mine. right?
1: But you understand the value of keeping that friendship. Totally. That one day you might come across a job. They will be able to help you with with some guidance.
0: And it's literally, it's happened this past year. You know, uh, when I went out on my own, I I gave them a couple no- months notice. I basically laid it on the line. I was completely honest with them. We're still working in the same town. We're we're still friends, right? So, you know, certain opportunities arise, certain times in your life, you know, you're finished up a few jobs, they got a job that, you know, be worthwhile, or you just think that your company might want to head in a different direction, or you want to try that out for a bit, good taste for the guys to learn and experience stuff like that. So. I'm not really one to burn bridges even with trades too you know if something happens on a site you know a trade does something that you're not happy with, whether it's a pricing thing or a quoting thing or just simply the work itself you got to discuss it you got to talk through it you know you have to explain to them and you know be uh, you know be upfront and, and you know talk to them about that if it continues on or you think it's not going to happen, I just feel like finish up what you're doing move on you know what I mean it's- So where'd
1: you get this from Kurt like how did you come across? Because this is the way it should be, right? Who taught you or who hinted at you that it should be this way?
0: It would have stemmed from my parents, maybe just as growing up and seeing things they did. Obviously, they didn't have a you know construction business, but just the way that they would approach things and go about it. It's
1: communication.
0: Communication. Bare bones is how you
1: break it down. It's communication.
0: Yeah, communication. Communication's key. uh, key. Like, I find with a customer, you know, you got to explain them what's going on, educate them, like. You know, it's one thing to set the beginning of the project with a set of drawings and say, "Okay, this is what we're doing. We're putting May back on here, steel roof. We're gonna switch all these windows out." But when you're charging them X amount for, you know, redoing all the windows, you gotta explain to them like we're wrapping this with blue skin. We're, you know, the spray foam's here. Okay, we we put this gap around here because of this. You know, this is how, just stuff like that. Because when you leave at the end of the day, they're kind of they're nosing around looking at the project. Yep. They want to see, you know, yep. they see that, but. You know, maybe they didn't see that on the TV show, and it's like, oh, what's that? And you kind of explain to them, and you know, there's other ways to do it, but this is how we do it, and you know, it's the same end goal, right? And just like seeing, like, listening to your guys' show, hearing other people, but just talking to people in the trade, networking, and how are you guys dealing with this stuff, or how is this going on? And just listening to to people like that, and everybody's reserved. Everybody
1: is well, a lot, a lot of guys out there yeah. that are running their business, they're they're hesitant to share information. Yeah. And I do, I do appreciate this show and meeting new trades totally. and meeting other people. People are not as reserved. Once they have this conversation, yeah. you get to know the other person. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity because now, I mean, how often you get a chance to sit down for 90 minutes and talk to another contractor totally. about the industry and try to figure out, okay, maybe I want to learn something or maybe I want to I hear something or maybe they have a different perspective. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why I like it. It goes back to
0: communication. Yeah. And you got to watch when you're talking to other trades like, you know, you can say this is how we're going to install this and do this, blah, blah. blah. That's how we go about it. What are you guys thinking? Like, keep keep it always open for the conversation. Like, don't end it there and say this is the way it's happening, because countless times I've been in those situations, you listen to what someone else has to say and you're like, oh, you know, what? I never even thought, <laughs> you know, it's always nice to have fresh that's eyes to speed it up. like Yeah, whatever. yeah always so, nice to have that. Yeah. When you ask about the clients. I've always had this idea, and if someone steals this from me, please remember me. But um, <laughs> a better business bureau for clients. It's a registry. It's a fine line.
1: It's a, a brilliant idea, Kurt. Honestly, it's, it's a brilliant it's idea. It's a fine
0: line to walk. You know, you, it could fold your company. It, you could lose work from it. But I just feel like if I went to quote a job or someone called me and they said, hey, so we got on the plate. What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know these people from anything. I can punch their name in. And I can, you know, read some reviews. Now, once again, could be an angry contractor that totally did something wrong. Maybe it's someone on the list that you know does bad work and you're like, yeah, well, he's famous for that, whatever. You know, just something like that. And I feel that clients knowing that that's out there would force them to do their homework, educate themselves more. Maybe watch how they talk to people and... and um I would love that. You know, a different angle of it. You know what I mean? They might take a different approach because how many times you've been in a job and there's an issue at the beginning or partway through, you sit down with a customer and say, listen, like, this is where we're at. We got it. We have to make a solution here. You know, and then obviously and you see the tables turn and they're realizing where you're coming from. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know how that would be structured or work, but... uh I wish you all
1: the best, man. I hope you can make it happen because I would love that uh, as much as that all these services are pinpointing at us, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, And the unfortunate thing is that a lot of these services give the clients the opportunity to embellish and not necessarily tell the whole truth. And like Carlito and myself have expressed on the show several times, there's three sides, man. Client, contractor, and the The truth. truth, So you got to understand that. We got to take a little pump the brakes there. Are you okay? You awake there, little honey? Are you awake? (laughs) Are you okay? You doing all right? (laughs) I want to just do a shout out to VentureX offices here. So VentureX Oakville isn't just premium flexible office space, but also a venue for varying varying events, including corporate functions, team meetings, private parties, and networking events, and podcasts for 24 hours. I love this place. (laughs) And with the space for up to 100 people in partnerships with local catering companies, we can be your one-stop shop for your next event. And balloons come with you for free. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking to Kurt from... Snell Contracting Services, Inc., and it's uh, SnellCES.com. Kurt at Snell is his email, and Facebook is Snell Contracting Services, Inc., and then on Instagram is Snell Con Services. I'm really glad that you reached out to us, man, and uh, I think it's time for... You know what? Let's like pick a bone. 200... Sh- oh, that's okay. <laughs> well, actually, I think your better business for clients is a nice bone to pick. Yeah, it's Unless you have another one to share.
0: I have a small one. I got to watch how I word it. But uh, <laughs> as a as a GC, you know, it's important for us if extras come up or we have to communicate that to the client. So yep. one thing that would be a bit of a bone to pick is basically trade comes on site, quotes the work, and all of a sudden at the end, you know, there's, there's an invoice and it's nothing to do with what we agreed upon. Now if there's an extra involved, we ask them to do the extra and we didn't ask for necessarily a quote before they started working. That's on us. I yes. get that. Just to have some sort of uh, accountability, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, just certain things like, you know, it's X amount of fixture to do this job. And then all of a sudden, you know, because we, we have to have the difficult conversation with the client. So it's like, you know, we quote that and it's all of a sudden, you know, it's 2100 bucks on the quote. Now it's 2700 It's like, how do we justify that? Do we eat it? Do we have the conversation? But you can't keep eating and eating it, no. eating it. Right. So because you're eventually going to <clears> eat
1: your profit. Yeah.
0: And like I said, that goes both ways. Right. If you so, have any. And back to the communication, it's very important to, you know, I find myself sometimes hammering these guys who want to get the job done. But I'm like, I got to know where we're at before you come on site. Like, I don't want to waste your time either. Right. I find that some trades when they work directly just for the contractor, Sometimes the thing they can just charge whatever they want. Like I said, it goes both ways. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: It, it goes back. to. I mean, I've always said that construction is communication. I don't care how you slice it. Yeah. You need, to, if you have a hard time communicating, you need to understand how. You need to learn how. Yeah. You, ha- you have to just figure out how to communicate. And the unfortunate thing is we're all in relationships. Totally. We all have our family dynamics. We all have our significant other dynamics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes nothing ever said is communicating a whole lot yeah so just be aware of that as well too you can't just show up on site and maybe not speak to the client because that's going to communicate a different kind of message
0: totally and i think that's some of the growing pains as a young person in the trade and starting your own company and that that communication don't realize how important it is and and it's not necessarily just talking about the job and what you're doing. It's, you know, communicating invoices, communicating the quote. If there's an extra, you know, hit head, it head, head on and, you know, make sure that everyone understands. Because at the end of the project, they might not have bought all those, ex- you know, fancy appliances or furniture because they had to spend an extra 20 grand on a certain part. Like, you know what I mean? Or they would have waited on that or they wouldn't agreed on that extra patio or something. Like, you got to kind of look at it both ways. On it, I tell my guys that all the time, I'm like, These people save their hard-earned money sometimes, and and they've asked us to come to the job. We're fortunate enough to be working here. So there has to be a certain level of respect back to them as well. And obviously, we would expect the same from them.
1: You guys have like a disadvantage and an advantage compared to us when we were your age. Mm -hmm. Because I get that you get clients that are maybe questioning, how do I give this person 500 grand to do the rental or a million dollars to do a new house, right? they're looking at it like he's just so young they're Mm. so young yeah the whole team is so young are we gonna are we gonna get into a bad situation yeah but then you guys have in my opinion better tools and better mindset and how you've established everything I feel you're going in more professional at that age earlier age than what we are so used to seeing from the older guys going in yeah because it wasn't that long ago that clients were hiring Trades people, GCs, and a team that was probably in their 40s, -hmm. mid-40s to late-40s. That was the contractor that you would hire. Now you're getting clients. that you probably have clients that are maybe your age hiring you guys. And they're like thinking, he's 30 years old, and I'm giving him a million dollars. Yeah, Yeah, but they're 30 years old with a million dollars. So what's the difference? Borrowed. Still, they borrowed it. No, but I, I, I bet you it's on the cooking table. You know what I mean? Like the clients are thinking about that. I think, and that's I've heard it several times from the young trades. Totally, where they come out and they're they're like, sometimes I get that look that I'm a young guy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Jesse's mentioned it. There's lots of tradespeople that are in their mid twenties that you're our framer, you're our plumber, you're our electrician. I don't understand it. How can you be that person? Yeah. Right. So how do you guys attack that?
0: Well, a lot of our work, like I said, is word of mouth. So you know, you get a high end client or something. They you know they're spending money on the Reno and they've already seen work that we've done. So that ice is kind of broken there. And that's why I've kind of always stuck to that word of mouth. Uh, it's kind of stuck with us. I'd rather take the effort and go above and beyond, do a good job, prove ourselves so that word of mouth will continue on. That's huge for us. The biggest thing is if you have a client, they're looking at a young young team coming in. We cover everything. We plastic everything. We you know We show that pride and we take care of their space. But I totally agree. It blows me away. Like, You know, we'll be on some of these jobs and you meet this person three times or within a week. They're gone on vacation, you know, possibly out of the country. Here's the gate code. Here's the key to my house. (laughs) And I'm saying to my wife, like, I would never do that. I'm I'm not letting anyone in my house. (laughs) So it's I do respect them for that. It's huge. You also have to stand back and pat yourself on the back certain times that like, you know, we spent extra hours doing that. You know, obviously that showed them that trust. You know what I mean? Start small, communicate. Like the other thing too is, you know, prepare all the trades. Like a lot of times on a large project, what I'll do, to be honest, is when we know we have the project, I'll have a trades day. I'll tee up guys. I'll, you know, a lot of times it's on a weekend, unfortunately, but you don't want to take away from work time with the other trades too. So I'll do time slots and, like, okay, you got eight o'clock. We're just going to give you an hour. There might be overlap. And you basically introduce the clients to the trade, young or old, don't matter, and just kind of walk them through the project. It gives the trade a time to not just look at the drawings, but see the job. We talk about it. I might have 20 minutes alone with them to talk technically, and then the cu- you know, the customer might have some questions for the trade. And, uh, I like that, huh? You just kind of walk through it, and not every job will allow that, you know what I mean? it's important to keep your trades going because then you can be like okay well we're gonna do this job like we did that other job and you know um, these guys saw that work or they had a connection with that customer so that's where that kind of word of mouth kind of comes into that makes that communication easier uh, paints the picture a little bit easier too but all the time the customer is like you know thanks a lot like we you know we we appreciate that we met those guys and those guys aren't there to work that day it's just you know whatever or the customer will be like yeah, you know, I'm I'm impressed that they said that or whatever. So it just kind of breaks the ice. First day on site, oh, hey, how's it going? They've already yes. talked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh,
1: the only negative thing I see about that here in Toronto, if you were to do that, there are a lot of clients that would try to go around you mm-hmm. to hire those trades. Yeah, we've had that, too. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a little sneaky move that I'm not a fan of, but I'm yeah. also a bigger fan of. I want trades to get work. I want them to work. I want them to feed. No, but
2: they should contact you. Sure they do. I do the same thing. Like, If someone hires me, and I know they're a GC of a big project, they need me to come in to finish something so they can stay on schedule. They're like, please come in and help me, man. I need need your help for a month. Yeah, totally. And I show up for that month. That homeowner comes up to me and says, hey, do you want to do my garage? I'll go... Have you, have you spoken to so-and-so yet? Totally agree, yeah. And if they say no, I'll say, you know I'm going through them, so you should speak to them, yeah. or do you want me to talk to him? Yeah. And then I'll approach them and say, hey, your customer's talking to me? Which is
1: totally legit. That's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah, and and that's, I to- I, Sorry, I totally forgot about Gary. Actually, Gary did that recently with me. So I got him a little small project to do, and he did it, did a great job. But now that guy who I introduced to, Gary... He reached out to Gary for another job, and then Gary just reached out to me. He goes, listen, are you totally cool with that? I go, I'm totally cool with that. Ian is a great guy. You're a great guy. I want you to eat. I want him to eat. So then by all means, do it. So he was nice enough and respectful enough to just give me a heads up and a call, which I totally appreciated. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. No, I like Gary,
2: too. He takes care of my customers. Yeah. He he has any conversations. He calls me up and tells me. He's my trim guy that just left also. He does all my trim work, right? Yeah, uh, if I don't do it, yeah. perfect gentleman relationship. He'll always have my business because of something that simple. The loyalty there for
0: sure. Yeah. I yeah.
1: was just bringing it up because it's not, it's good where you're at because mm-hmm. in Toronto, that's not always the case, man. Guys would just go right behind and and just take the work. That's yeah. it.
0: And you got to watch it. I've been in situations before where the customer will ask the electrician, well, you know, while you're here, can you just put those switches? We don't have to talk to Kurt. It's fine. Like, you know, whatever. And, and the you know electrician will say, okay, well, have you talked? No, no. And then he'll come to me and say, just so you know, this is what's going on. Are you okay with that? And I'll and I'll be like, yeah, whatever. But then you get the other side of it, where what if something goes wrong? Well, now they tra- the customer tries to make it my problem, and I'm like, no, no, no. And once but that's it's a touched, good
1: point. That's a good point. It's right? on
0: you, right? So you got to watch, and it's difficult in the beginning. Like you know, the trade will say to the customer, like, no, I only work for him. We can talk about it, but he will know about it. And you kind of think like, "Oh, how are they going to react?" But you know what? A lot of times, the customer actually respects that. And as long as you're fair with them, like you know, it's you know, needs to be. But I've seen guys before too, though. They like a twelve hundred dollar backsplash, and they're like, "Oh, I got to make my points. I got to make my ten percent." It's like you're gonna piss off a client, a past client or a future client for one hundred twenty bucks. Like, you got to pick your battles. You know what I mean? Some like, guys will. And that's why, like you were saying before, like, yeah, that's fine. Take care of them. Make sure they're happy. You know, whatever. If there's something in for me, throw me a kickback. I'm not asking for anything. Whatever. Right. So but that's what I mean. Like, you're, you are you got to watch. You got to pick your battles and, you know, move on. You're going to waste more than $120 trying to make that off the backsplash. Yeah. And you weren't even there. What if the grout's wrong? Well, now it's all your problem for 120 bucks. You better just walk away. You know what I mean? Well, it's your problem anyways if you've
2: introduced someone. Totally. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. You're kind of liable for it either which way, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you might as well stick it out. But <laughs> it's it's kind of like no homeowner should be talking to any trades because the minute they talk to a trade. I disagree with that. We talked about this with the designers, but <laughs> I really think that if there's any changes, like, I want to mark down every extra, and I want them to initial it. Yeah. And it's not so much that I'm going to be penny-picking for everything, but I know that every house I go into, I put 40 hours of extras in. And if that's me or one of my guys, that's a lot of fucking money, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I have a problem with them at the end, if they've signed for the extras, typically any changes in the contract that are extra get paid right away. Right. If you don't pay them, they don't get done. Yeah. Because they weren't in the, in the work of scope.
1: They, they, all extra
0: should be handled that way. Yeah, yeah. Every and you extra. don't
2: put them to the end because you never get the money for them. Yeah. You will not.
0: Yeah, I was listening to one of your shows when Jim was on, and uh, he brought that up. And I, I totally agree with him, but just you know, listen to the way he talked about it and the way he went about it. It's, there's really no other, other way it should be dealt with. And the customer will thank you for it. The customer will respect you for that. They have to understand, like, you know you're floating that money, right? Like, why should you pay for that if it, you know, we don't we don't see behind the walls or yeah. we didn't know you wanted to add that to the project, right? So it's, it's important that yeah, hundred percent. I'm that
2: not coming to work to free, like no. Not if a charity they don't game. value if this is construction, if, a if lot they don't lot of value do. my time, yeah, I'll stay at home.
0: Yeah, and I've said to customers before, you know, you called me, I didn't call you, and I'm trying not to be rude about it, but sometimes you get in those situations and they get sticky and you have to kind of throw it back at them and explain to them, like, you know, this is where we're at, like, I appreciate the opportunity, but you're the one that asked me and begged us to come here. And, you know, you're the one that added the extra, right? So, you you know, if you don't deal with it at the beginning, you go deal with at the end. You're the one that's going to could eat be it. thousands yeah. and thousands. Yeah, and they're yeah, going to be sticker shy because they didn't know it was can't. coming. right? So
1: goes back to communication. You really have to just continue as much as the clients don't want to. They might want to avoid it yeah. and not address it, not discuss it. yeah. But then don't do it. Just don't do it. And when they come back and ask for you to do it, then you go, sure. Here, I just emailed you. Sign off on this and then take care of the payment. And then once that's taken care of, then...
0: And I'm a firm believer, like, have a solution, right? So you got the place, you know, the plumbing is going to let go. You got to replumb it. You go to them, you're like, okay, like, for this portion, an extra five grand. And if they say, yep, no problem. Like, I get it. Carry on. But if there's a problem with it, I feel like you need to set up your your quote and your budget and stuff so it's outlined. Then you can kind of go to them and say, okay, well, down the road, you know, you wanted that coffered ceiling in the office. Let's cut that out. That'll get us our money, and a couple, like a year down the road, we'll come back. I'd love to do it now, but why don't we compromise that way? And, and just, like, don't approach it like you're hammering them. Like, kind of have a bit of a solution and, and try to solve that That's that a great problem. way to look at it. Yeah, yeah and, and you got to pick things like I always tell customers at the beginning, I'm like, there's stuff that I'm going to tell you that has to be done for me to do the job. And there's stuff that I'm going to tell you, like, is wants and needs and they don't, you know, what I mean, it doesn't need to be done. So something like a situation like that is 100 percent how I would, I would um, approach it. So
2: are we ready?
1: And it's history with Manny, <laughs> Gentlemen, what is the oldest building in Croatia? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the church
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which one? The Brovnik? No, Temple of Augustus Oh, is this a serious question? This is a serious question Wow This it is a serious question I wouldn't make this up uh, What are houses in Croatia made of? Stone and concrete From the ground floor Were the shops and taverns uh, seen today in such cities as Porak, Rab, and Zadar I know Zadar uh, Zadar Zadar, sorry, Zadar, Zadar. Uh, are you Croatian? You're not Trogi? Trogi? T R O G I R?
2: Can't think uh, right now.
1: I don't know. Split? Oh, As beautiful. Another. Split's a beautiful place? Beautiful. It's called
2: Split? Yes. Very, very, very popular with the Germans, the Spanish,
1: and the French. In those cities, the most important buildings were churches. What was Croatia called before Croatia? Former Yugoslavia. Look at that.
2: eh? I knew you would get these ones all right (laughs) here. (laughs) (laughs) And where do the most
1: handsome men in the world come from? Portugal. (laughs) 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 What is the oldest city in Croatia? Ooh, that would have to be uh, Zagreb. Zadar. Zadar.
2: Zadar. Zadar is a city in, uh, well, it's a town in Zagreb.
1: Uh, it just says Zadar, uh, Zadar, then, yeah, that's Z- where my father's from. Z A D A R, continuous inhabited creation city. It is situated on the Adriatic Sea, all of it northwestern is northwestern part of Ravina, Ravina, Kotari region. Serves as the seat of the Zadar County and of the wider northern Dalmatian region. Dalmatia, yeah. the mats, oh, sorry, the. Dalmatian to me. Man. Yeah, it is Dalmatian, but <laughs> you, it's like it's like my last name. It's
2: Pavlovic in English, but Pavlovic in Croatian. Got it. Carlito, so you're on the floor
1: here with these. <laughs> <laughs> and that was history with Manny. Manny. <laughs> Kurt, what else do you want to chat about? I mean, you've discussed quite a bit here on this. Uh, this Dude, what are you doing here? You should be writing your own book. <laughs> <laughs> you're cool as a cucumber, which scares me. Is that the wife? The wife is helping with that? Like, because... Or no, but you said that she's the feisty one.
0: She's a little feistier than me. I'm I'm pretty calm. She must (laughs) snap pretty bad when you snap. (laughs) Uh, It takes a bit to to get to me, but... um, And
1: all the guys are like that, too? All the trades that you work with?
0: Yeah, for the most part. uh, We got a couple firecrackers, but you got to know how to deal with different peoples, and that's GCs across the board, right? Yeah. You want to
1: shout out to the boys? To the team?
0: The trades and stuff? Yeah, your trades. Yeah, so we got... Al's Heating and Cooling, Uh, he's out of Orangeville. Albert Betridge. Got John Cameron Plumbing, Uh, he's out of Acton. Joel Sant from Vital Elements, also a plumber. Electrician, Mark Allison out of uh, Aaron, Ontario. A lot of our excavation, DK Excavating, Kevin Cox out of uh, Aaron. Uh, He's got some pretty cool equipment and uh, growing his business and, yeah, some neat stuff. Got Concrete, uh, Brady Wilson, do a lot of finicky work and stuff like that so finish and also uh, yeah so he'll do uh foundations for us and, and slabs uh depends on the size of it he only has certain height forms um we'll get the boys down from mild may uh gray bruce construction and uh larry and the team there those guys work hard talk about farm boys we think we're <laughs> farm kids from Caledon, but they're up in gray bruce and um yeah amazing they, they're hard huh? yeah many other trades too but uh yeah good group of guys and They all know like kind of how our style is and you're kind of mentioned before you know they they treat the clients they talk to the clients they know you know how we would do that keep the site clean you know if they see something off like hey you know this trade was in here something oh don't worry they're not done yet or yeah thanks for letting me know so stuff like that and it's a lot of these guys we got a few trades that I don't even question price like what's the shower glass like Andrew from All Ontario Glass like here it is, like, I've been using them forever. And if it seems high, I'll question me like, hey, what's up? Well, they chose that hardware. Okay, it makes sense. But even, like, you know, my mud and tape guy, like, it's, they basically, they know, I know they're not screwing me. If I ask you to quote a job, I'll be honest with you and tell you if there's multiple quotes out, customers asking for this, or we just need, you know, if I don't mention it, you're the guy that I have it. A lot of times, certain jobs, I won't do it unless I have those certain trades, because, you know, because
1: you know how that job's going to roll totally and you need that team to make that happen yeah
0: yeah Yeah. shout out to my dad my father-in-law they they come on and help us out we need a helping hand and both retired and uh they love coming out they like the guys and stuff like that so hanging out with the boys yeah it's it's good so but yeah my wife you know she kind of keeps things uh in tune and and organized and she's had a baby girl end of september so yeah Yeah, we're, we're busy with that and couple feisty customers coming on what's this what's that i'm like okay like don't want to use this as an excuse but we're a little bit behind we're doing this and that so it's good it's good just stay calm and keep trucking with what we're doing right just deal with
1: it i mean every day construction is a a day of problems but it's a day of solutions right you
0: have to have a solution like yeah and that's where you know sometimes we get in some sticky situations at work and i'll show the guys okay hang on a sec like let's do this and they're like holy shit like and it's, it's not that I know everything. It's not It's just like, okay, hey, this is... And then they kind of slow down and they understand that. And sometimes with the young guys, difficulty with confidence. So you got to build that up. You got to give them different tasks, right? So that's can be frustrating at times, but you have to understand that. You know what I mean? Like, as the confidence grows, they will grow as a person. They, you are talking
1: know, about new tasks, new ideas or...
0: New tasks, you know, repetition, They, you know, they'll get better at it. But certain things you got to, you know... Tell them, be like, I know you're not going to do this like that, you know, do it this way, but, or watch out for this or whatever, right? But, so it can get frustrating at times with that, but, you know, you got to knuckle down and and stick with them, and it's so important. I'd rather have someone and shape them the way we want it and take them on this journey, and then that way, you know, as things, as we want to grow the company, you know, they're growing as well, right? So,
1: where do you want to take it?
0: I'm not going to go anything crazy big. You know, we would, a huge goal to work forward to would be to build like spec houses, a lot of capital or a little ways away from that. Building custom homes, I you know, renovations are good, but it's always nine step backwards, you know, before you go one further. The reward and we take a lot of pride in our work. So, you know, you take this small house, you make it larger, you take this, you know, shithole, you know, and you make it into something that is amazing. Right. And it's a lot of hard work, but it's it's a huge reward there. Yeah. I feel that, like, with new builds, it just depends, but it's, easy, it's definitely easier. Like, you know, it can flip from the drawings up to something. There's a lot of work involved, but you know what you're more or less getting into.
1: Carlito. Oh. How are you doing there? Are you looking for an O? I'm looking. Ending with a B? For. Oh no, looking for a B. No, I told you already. I explained <laughs> something to you about that, man. I think it's Green Book Talk Time. Oh, you want some Green Book again? Yeah, how it's many another times show tonight. It's another show.
2: All right. Uh, See how we get along. <laughs> what is the fine for a constructor failing to notify Ministry of Labor for a construction
1: project? Oh, to notify.
2: Um, if you don't do it, what do you think the fine is? Two fifty. Fifteen
1: hundred.
2: Five hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> And that's brought to you by the most handsome guy in safety. His name is Carlito Pavlovich. From Split, Croatia. And as we get later into the night, we'll get more delirious as we come.
1: <laughs> we're perfectly fine, man. Uh, Speak for yourself, Captain. <sighs> Actually, I think I'm going to be grabbing an espresso soon. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say?
2: What, have you, is there anything you haven't liked that you've heard on the podcast And what do you like the most that you've heard on the podcast?
0: (laughs) Just curious.
1: It's funny. It's the same thing. Carlito. Uh, (laughs)
0: Loaded question. (laughs) Uh, Well, things that I do like definitely hearing the younger guys getting on or even the middle class, like, you know, middle-aged guys, and and they're looking out for the younger guys, and they're they're not necessarily hitting it head on, but they understand that the workforce is fading out. And I tell the young guys all the time, I'm like, if you want to do this, think of all these guys that are going to be retiring you need to soak up as much information from that so like where you guys are touching on that on the podcast is huge i think it's you know it's important and i think it's nice to hear it from many different people if you had one guy on talking about it it's like okay whatever that's just what he had to say multiple guys hitting it from different angles i think that that you know for listeners it would hit home a lot more
1: it's a reality (laughs) we just have to understand this that so many are leaving and so few are coming in yeah and And that's gonna be a a huge problem
2: and i think it's our job all of us that come on the podcast to be as honest and vocal no matter how much it might bother anyone to hear yeah they need to hear it and i'd rather have them hear the honest truth than to just think everything's okay
0: yeah and for multiple people to be saying the same thing if it's a negative thing and being like this is an issue. Yeah. This needs to be dealt with. Like it's one thing to have you guys touch on it but then someone else brings it up on the podcast that you didn't prompt it. There's no script saying let's talk about this or like you didn't like, you know, say something that it kind of brought into that conversation. So and people can pick up on that and yeah. and read that on the pod, you know what I mean? As far as stuff I don't like <laughs> honestly everything's pretty good i i'd have to think about it so maybe we'll come back to that (laughs) i just
2: wanted to know if
1: maybe i was not picking on manny enough oh god (laughs) god 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 i gotta ask you kurt i mean you you got a nice well-rounded machine it sounds like you're you got almost a lot of it covered sure right you're prepared for almost every situation how did you get started with your quoting how did you start figuring out where your numbers were going to be at?
0: You're never perfect. Don't be complacent. And, uh, you know, it, the highs are highs, the lows are lows. But, you know, you can't ride those highs out. Just enjoy it. You know, know that it'll get you to the next spot. But I have a really good accountant, family friend, huge mentor, more than just the numbers. We had some chats in the beginning. I had my own company. I was doing stuff on the side when I was working with my old boss, blah, blah, blah. And I was basically saying, okay, like, you know, where where do we go with this? Like, where do I start? What should I charge? He breaks it all down. So as far as an hourly stuff like that, you know, he'll say, okay, you got your WSAB. You got your insurance. Like, here's a list of things that you need to do. Now, you know about this stuff, but you never write it down. No. So he's like, you need to make this to survive. On top of that, you got to make this, this, and this. Your guys, you're paying them this. You got to tag this much on top for you know the comp and stuff like that. A lot of the stuff that we'll price, we'll kind of do it kind of a couple different ways. So we look at a job. Obviously, if you're farming out to trades, you're gonna get their quote. You're gonna review it, make sure they have everything in there. You know, put your points on it. Stuff that we're doing, we used to try to do it like hourly, and it's like blah blah blah. But then. You got to do a day rate by the time you set up and stuff like that and certain things, you know, it's as per job or, or a weekly rate. It, it, it depends on what you're doing. We're not doing the same thing every day. We could be doing siding. We could be doing yeah. framing. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to talk to other people, talk to framers like, are you charging 14, 15 bucks a square? That's a labor. Okay. Like what's involved with that? Are you getting the nails, or they getting the nails? Like I know they're hiring, they're getting the lumber, but you know, know what's involved because if you dive in that situation, I had no problem. It's fourteen dollars a square foot, but then you didn't have the two thousand dollars in hardware, which wasn't in the lumber package because it came from here. And you know what I mean. So it's very important to know that Um, your vehicle
1: costs, your maintenance, totally, gas, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, these are all numbers that you need to allocate towards. Yeah, yeah.
0: So when I started out. I had just one guy with me and my accountant basically said, okay, you need this much to survive per month. Like here's your bills, here's your shit, like you need X amount. Um, I don't even know what the number was, it doesn't matter. And then he basically said, so we're going to pay you this much per week, every week, at the end of the month, here's your stuff. And then when we bought our house, obviously that changes your bills. We had to rethink things. That doesn't mean that your prices go up. but..." you need to start thinking about certain things right and I think just communicating with other people like don't leave it in the dark like what are you guys charging for this you know what I mean don't bug people but like make it a you know a positive conversation and, you know, understand what the industry rates are. And you're going into a job and you're like, yeah, this is bread and butter whatever. But you know it's going to take a little bit longer, certain stipulations. You can only be there at certain times. Then you might have to tag someone to deal with that bullshit, right?
1: That's a great way to look at it. No. Oh.
0: What about
2: uh, benefits and pension or teaching your guys what to do with their money?
0: We don't have any benefits pension. Um I don't have a retirement. Do you uh,
2: advise your guys what to do with their money?
0: Totally. So one thing we kind of start off with the gate with the uh, young guys is vacation pay. Do you want it on your check every week? Do you want it at the end of the year? To them, it's kind of like a savings thing, right? You know, they might get a, a grand or two or whatever the, whatever it works out to be at the end of the year. Instead of giving them every paycheck a certain amount, you're giving them that. So I always tell the guys, like, you do what you want. If you want it every, that, every week, that's fine. You're never going to notice it. But when you get a $1,500 check at the end of the year or whatever it is, it's kind of a little bit of a savings plan, right? So I try to talk to them and explain to them certain things that I've gone through. You know, hey, when I bought my house, it was like this. But, you know, you got to work a little bit harder for this. Look out for this. You know, you don't need a brand new pickup truck. Like, buy a house first. Like, drive the truck you have. It's fine. You get the tools that you need. You don't need a $700 nail gun. You might not need this. If what? You ne- but you know i mean if you need the tools if it's going to better you that's fine you know it's for the most part just kind of take it in stages don't get you know excited with things and tell them like you know how if you need eighty thousand dollars to put down a house for a down payment you know that's generous you know it's a lot more now but how are you going to save that right you know and your own your plan is your own business but you know here's some advice and you know, they ask as well, right?
1: You so. got to wonder how many people actually sit down and are very truthful with themselves on their expenses. Yeah. Right? Like, it's that's a hard pill to swallow and, and to realize, yeah. oh, hang on a sec, I get a coffee every morning. Yeah. It travel cost me X amount. Yeah, I, I, I forgot the insurance on my vehicle. Yeah, and you got to sit down and figure out exactly what your expenses are for you to take up space on this planet. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then once you figure out that number, then you got to figure out what do I need to cover that, and then yeah. whatever the extra is. But like most people in construction, we don't think about the future. Well, yeah.
2: it's funny you say that because Manny got me to stop drinking coffee in the morning. And I was saving I, <laughs> I was saving ten dollars a day and yeah. he made me put it by my bedside every day. At the end of every month, oh, I the, had the money. Yeah, I the had over the three, coffee. <laughs> I had over three hundred dollars every month extra. Yeah. That you just don't realize that you're spending three hundred dollars a month.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But when you make say, and I'll just throw this out there, just say if you make two thousand dollars a month. You really think you got 2000 but you just knocked off $300 for coffees that's just for breakfast like just yeah. morning. Yeah. So it it's a huge chunk and then times that by 12 that's some really good savings. And that's just one end of it. And I thought that was really brilliant of Manny to make me do like and I realized wow a coffee every morning that's what I'm saving. It's crazy.
0: And young kids don't want to listen to their parents. Why are you buying a lunch every day? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you going to the bar? You know, if these guys are 22 years old, I'm 30 and they're kind of listening to me. And if they ask for advice and I say it and they're not like, oh, my mom said this, you know, whatever, it's, you know, it's not like that. It's just within conversation that they, they respect that more. You know, what I mean, we're on a different level. So I think that's important to be open the guys and you try to be an open book. You don't share all your information, but I okay. mean, but they can read in between the lines, too. They're not stupid. They know what what is right. And it's important to explain to them, you know. I didn't pay cash for my truck. Like it's fine. You know, what I mean, you do. Like, there's everyone is in that situation. Like, you know, they need to understand that as well. They don't. You know, sometimes they can be naive. You need to explain to them. Like, yeah, you know, it's a large job. Like, oh, how much was this job? Okay, well, this is what it was. But like, that's gross. It's not net. Yeah, you they never understand net. that. Yeah, you don't eat gross. You eat net, right? So, so well, I think the earlier, minus. yeah, Sorry. no,
1: the earlier you you realize that, mm-hmm. the younger you realize that the better off you'll be like it's it's important well and another great thing that you're
2: doing is that i hate employees that say he just made a hundred grand yeah and then i'm like do you know what you cost me every year yeah and did you see your wsib and did you see the safety courses i needed you get yeah what about your first aid and like i need to have one guy on first aid yeah an eyewash is fucking 50 bucks yeah like I could go on about band-aids yeah, and yeah. safety boxes yeah. job boxes yeah. paper for printers yeah. like these are things that nobody wants to talk about yeah nobody even assumes so when the guys realize how much money it takes to run a business they don't want to run their own business yeah. cuz it is fucking hard to make money yeah and if you're good at it then you know I'll give you I'll give you a, my hats off again to yeah.
0: somebody yeah and I think um after leaving, working with, with my old boss, and then kind of going back and helping him out, um, there's definitely a lot of stuff that uh, I matured with that I think that going back in there, you approach a job differently, you know what I mean? Certain things need to be organized, receip- material receipts, stuff like that, and you kind of treat it as if it's your own, and you, you know that behind-the-scenes stuff is there, so you try to help out with that. We're all a team. You know, what I mean, I don't want to yeah. work against anyone. And that's where I think educating the guys, being open with them, then they understand where we're at. Like I've had young guys literally and they're like, man, like we all go home at five o'clock, but you're slow till seven thirty quoting or something like that. Like, you know, I didn't realize like and I'm like, you know what? It's a lifestyle. It, it This is what it is, right? It's important to educate the guys, too, and and have them understand where, where things are at. You don't need to tell them every detail. They don't need to know that. It complicates it.
2: No, but they they need to see some of the numbers. And then they end up being really surprised. Like, yeah. They're like, wow, I can't believe that. So I, I have to ask you, you obviously supply
0: the tools. So my guys have... So, okay, so co-op kid shows up, he's got nothing. Now, a good way to kind of judge someone super young going to get into the the trade if he if he's a co-op kid and he goes so what do i need Well, what do you got well i don't like i got oh, do you have a pouch do you have a screw gun like if he's willing to show up with that okay he's eager like that's that's a good step i'm not expecting to show up with a chop saw yeah and then my guys the way i, what I do with them is their pay so their pay is reflected by you know what what do you have a license are you' getting to work? Do you have a cell phone and I'm not saying you have to have all this stuff, but communication with a cell phone like you need that certain guy has a pickup truck okay well he can he can carry his tools to the site, but if I can now I can send him to a site by himself with my chops on my table, so I'll go get that done, possibly tow a trailer depending on what's going on, and you know grab material in the morning is huge, right? It helps logistics that way. pick up a guy whatever it may be right and so that's kind of that now you have your own skill saw all by the blade you have your knife all by the blades you guys are working together it well it's just like now now he bought the you know the 20 dollar blade and he cooks it on my job site now he's got not hatred but he's that's gonna if that happens a million times like he's gonna be pissed yeah. right yeah we sharpen all of our uh our chop saw blades and table saw blades i don't know why but i Kept them all in the shop and I figured out we can, you know, a good guy to sharpen them. And I
2: sharpen mine all the time. Yeah. I sharpen mine up to seven times. There's, yeah.
0: There's no reason to throw them out. No.
1: And unless you've broken every tooth. Or yeah. or you're too rich and stupid.
0: Yeah. And I didn't, I, I just, it got caught up with me and I'm like, you know, I've got to sharpen these blades. Like, get these sharpened for, you know, 10 bucks or 20 bucks. And it was $7 before. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes
1: I actually feel that the blade is nicer when it's sharpened better than, than factory.
0: And the latest was like Fiends. I don't know about that. Like, Oscillator. Honestly. Oscillator bleeds, right? Oh, so
1: those things are such a it's like crack cocaine in construction. Eh? Yeah, like but I buy like two hundred from they China. Don't last. That's the only thing I buy from China. Yeah. Really? And they don't last, man, well, those uh, ones.
0: We had a guy get some off Amazon and they're from China and we we're like, oh whatever. And they were how, And they weren't bad. They really? were not bad at yeah. all. Compared to
2: the money that you're paying yeah. for the legitimate ones. But I could buy fifty for twenty five bucks instead of buying one.
0: Yeah, you're, you're fiend or you're fine, however you want to say it, twenty bucks a pop, right? So I kept these things because I, I saw a guy made a key cut out of a key cutting machine. Had a, I did that, uh, right? Not out of a key machine, but right. And I was like, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make something up. Never got around to it. <laughs> then I found out the guy that sharpened our blades can do the fiend saw blades. Like, no. oh, they're better better than new. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. Who's oh. the company, please? Yeah, man, I've
1: been throwing and those out. No, man. you know what?
2: I, so you know what I do? I keep them. And then when I do my tile work, if I have to, like, clean up under the tile... You use them. I'll grind my own teeth out of them and break them a few times until they're complete garbage. Then I throw them out. So I can't believe you sharpen them. They go from my woodwork
0: to my tile work and then to the garbage. We buy a lot of our stuff from Orangeville Home Hardware. Uh, I've always been dealing with them. So they'll send them out and sharpen our blades. It's still reasonable, even if there's a bit of a middleman charge. And I asked them, I said, I heard that there's... Some of these guys will sharpen the oscillator blades. Oh, I'll look into it. Sure enough, he does. I'm like, here's like 40 blades. You know what I mean? And uh, Man, I never knew that. But it was a, a hardwood flooring guy came in, and did some install, and we got talking. And he had like the the pig fat, like the synthetic on the blade. I'm like, what's going on there? He's like, oh yeah, like I get these sharpened. I'm like, give me that number right now. <laughs> Um, I can't find it on my phone right Is that I, what that was? Send it's it not to me. wax, it's pig fat? <laughs> they used to have. uh some I thought of it was wax. Yeah, some of those was wax. Uh, sorry, I'm getting the pig fat mixed up with the belt sander blade. You know, you can clean the belt sander with that. Stick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. L- lard or whatever. Yeah. I, I do the lard. same thing with yeah. my grinders, yeah. 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 But yeah, some of it's like a synthetic or wax, but yeah. So yeah, they, with, with the tools, like we'll have like the table saws the chop saws like you know the heavy hitters and stuff like that we got the trailer outfit and whatnot and i tell the guys ray right the gate i'm like some of these tools i've had for a long time i've never broken them certain situations don't beat the crap out of the, you know what i mean like have some respect and i find as they get a good cliche of tools that respect grows it does for other stuff and i find that that's important so i'd rather pay a guy a little bit more cuz he has the tools and then you, you gain that respect for your, you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, it's it just depends. If we're hiring a sub in and, you know, say he's a carpenter, finished carpenter, he'll have his own stuff. And that's, you know, that kind of goes with the wage as well. You come with an arsenal, you know, I expect that. But then, you know, can you produce whatever, stuff like that, right? So so my next question is, what are the tools of choice? Do we want to guess?
2: I'm guessing. I'm going DeWalt.
1: DeWalt. I'm a big DeWalt guy. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Why? Why DeWalt?
0: Well, dad, father-in-law. Yeah. yeah. So, my dad, um, he always had some tools, and then he was kind of upgrading or changing or stuff was breaking, or whatever. So he started buying DeWalt. I don't know why. So I kind of got into that, and I kind of laugh. I had one of the first impact guns with the, like the big long nose on it. And my dad and I did a project up at the cottage, and we were amazed, like, putting the leg bolts in with them. And I always tell that story to the young guys because they're used to these little ones now, right? That's all. And I'm, and then when we're in the shop, I'll pull the old one out. I'm like, here, go try this, right? <laughs> Half the hammer's gone. But, yeah, just always had good connection. Uh, I guess. Yeah. And... You know the dewalt repair center and stuff like that and you know it's kind of, of those things i got nothing against you know milwaukee it's whatever
1: works for you man yeah that's the truth of um it. we have fun with it
0: oh yeah well we do too like <laughs> one of my like so two of my guys at work like one's big milwaukee the other one's big dewalt so it's kind of cool because like if i get a newer tool or something you know i feel bad for the milwaukee guy but <laughs> That's what you get for buying Milwaukee, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and we always, you know, you have a joke, but like, oh, you want to you use the real Sawzall and stuff like that. But, you know, that's all part of the fun, right? But, um, I'm curious, what vehicles do you choose? I'm a GM guy. I bleed. Yeah, I bleed GM. My, my parents have always been GM. My grandparents, yeah, just, you know, kind of connections and, and uh, just always kind of gone that way i um, not against the other ones, but uh yeah, we just kind of do that. The new Ford Lightning the electric truck is uh very very cool, but uh I don't know if I'd switch teams for that. Is GM talking about doing an electric at all? I I think they will. I think they're all kind of phasing into it. You hear rumors like, "Oh, gas gas or diesel will be out of it by these years." But I mean, it's like anything, you'll never know until Yeah, we don't know this. There's, yeah. like, there's so much yeah. uncertainty. Yeah, and it's it's a good direction. A lot of cool stuff in 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 that side of things. Uh, and
2: I'll tell you, my my Ford has made me the most money I ever. Every vehicle I've had, and it's yeah. a four fifty, yeah, dually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It still to this day has. I don't even care if like I I just keep it because yeah, it's made me. So much money and done so much work for me. It's yeah. crazy. That's fascinating. And it's still
0: bulletproof. <laughs> well, and Ford always had, like, they were geared towards the landscape or the contractor. So I feel like part of the stigma, because these vehicles got worked so hard over the other brands, well, they're piece of crap. It's like, yeah, but they got the shit kicked. They worked on, hard. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So you got to give them some credit for being geared. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm pulling like 20,000 pounds with my yeah, fucking yeah. 450. Yeah.
0: You know? it's It's stupid, like... You know, obviously now, like, a lot of manufacturers aren't building cars anymore. It's SUVs and trucks. That's where the market's headed, right? And space shuttles. Yeah. And it's literally (laughs) just silly, like, what these vehicles have and options. And I don't know. Have you heard about the new
2: electric space shuttle? No, you haven't.
1: (laughs) Kurt, we have to wrap this up, man. Thank you again for being on the show and sharing so much, man. Honestly, it's a pleasure to finally meet you. We got the 12 questions left, unless Carlito's got anything else to say. No, go ahead. About his own life or problems. It's all about Manny. It's all about Manny. Trust me. (laughs) What is your favorite construction
0: word? Um, Oh, there's so many. Maybe uh, piggyback. Piggyback, trust. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I like that one. What is your least favorite construction word?
0: Insulation. Why? He doesn't like fiberglass. Uh, No, fiberglass is good. Just. Just thinking of attics and going up there. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. What turns you on in construction? Clean job site and uh, trades that work together and watching the process come together smoothly. What turns you off in construction? Messy job site when it doesn't need to be. Trades that don't, you know, clean up after themselves. You know, there's mud out front. Just get a load of gravel, put it down, you know, if it's possible, stuff like that. So, yeah. I think a
1: messy job site is just a sign of laziness.
0: On either the G C or every trade that's working there that day. Yeah, it's a bad stigma. It's you know, the customer doesn't want to pay for that load of gravel. It's like, okay, but like, did you not know this was gonna be muddy? And then every trade that drives in, you know, they can't get in there that whatever. Yeah, it's just yeah. What is your favorite curse word? Probably the F word. The F word. Yeah, we use it quite a bit. <laughs> Fart? <laughs> what is your favorite vehicle?
1: Can be in anything in the world. Even the shuttle.
0: Uh I got an old uh, 1972 C-10 Chev. Wow. Yeah, I restored it from the ground up. Um, yeah, I always had a liking for them, and uh, it was funny, when I was at college, I'm like, you know what, I'm living at home now, didn't have a girlfriend, I'm like, I'm going to kind of dive into this. Slammed or jacked? No, or it's normal. Just, it's just kind of normal, it's a little lowered, but it's nothing crazy, so yeah, it was going to be a winter project, and put it on the road in the spring, and drive it, and... Four years later, I was still working on it. So, yeah, it was a good experience, though, and, yeah, a lot of patience and, yeah, good hobby. It's got to be a beaut. What is your least favorite vehicle? Probably the Pontiac Aztec. What? That's
1: the second time tonight. (laughs) No, I think it's actually the fourth or fifth out of all the shows. (laughs) I remember
0: Survivor. It came on there. They had the tent in the back. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you see this thing on the road, and you're like, what? That's just ugly, man. yeah. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? The mixing of drywall mud, just that. Mix, <laughs> I don't know. It just screams production. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you hate? An oscillator that has a broken brush in it, or something like that. <laughs> it just, just screams. It's even more annoying than normal. <laughs>
1: uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one
0: day? Kind of like the classic cars. I would, you know, I loved. It's a hobby, you know. what I mean, be cool to kind of get into something like that. You know, it's not feasible right now, but it's it's a hobby. One day, one yeah. day. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Something in an office, some sort of office. Uh, right, we we know we know. Yeah. <laughs> if
1: heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Definitely welcome
0: and uh, glad to see you. <laughs> been, been watching you for a while <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much man thank thanks you. for taking
1: the trek down here and being a part of this event really appreciate it and yep. uh finally meeting you and talking yep. shop and you got some great ideas man yeah you got some very very great Got ideas. A great attitude yeah appreciate it yeah. yeah
0: appreciate your guys time and yeah yeah it's awesome being on here for sure thanks man yeah. thanks so much
1: yeah. Carlito. Up. Get us out
0: of here, uh, man.
1: Uh, we were talking to Kurt Snell from Snell Contracting Services Inc. Check him out online uh, www.snellcs.com. Email him if you got any questions. I'm sure he's gonna want to share. Honestly. Kurt at SnellCS.com and on Facebook at Snell Contracting Services Inc. And on IG it's SnellCon Services. And that will be show number eight. Uh, boom boom. 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 Straight We're nuts, nuts, out of oatmeal, yeah. We're, We're nuts, man. Nuts. Uh. <laughs>